The Story of the Middle Ages, Chapter Sixteen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg. The Story of the Middle Ages by Samuel B. Harding, Chapter Sixteen, Papacy and Empire. We have seen, in another chapter, how the Bishop of Rome became the head of the Western Church, with the title of Pope, and we have seen how Charlemagne restored the position of Emperor as ruler of the West. We must now follow the history of these two great institutions, the Papacy and the Empire, and see how they got along together. After Gregory the Great died, it was long before the Church had a Pope who was so able and good, and after Charlemagne was dead, it was long before there was another emperor as great as he had been. Charlemagne's empire was divided by his grandsons, as we have seen, into three kingdoms, and though the oldest of them received the title of emperor, he had little of Charlemagne's power. Afterwards the descendants of Charlemagne grew weaker and weaker, and finally their power came entirely to an end. In Italy and Germany, as well as in France, the rule of the Carolingians ceased, and new rulers arose. In Germany it was the Saxons, whom Charlemagne had conquered with so much difficulty, who now took the leading part in the government. A new and stronger German kingdom was established, and then of these Saxon kings, Otto I, who was rightly called Otto the Great, revived the empire which Charlemagne had founded. This was in the year 962, and Otto had already been king for twenty-six years. After he became emperor, Otto ruled over Italy as well as over Germany, and he proved to be as good a ruler as emperor as he had been as king. One of the first things he did in Italy was to put the papacy in a better condition. During the troubled times that had followed the fall of Charlemagne's empire, Italian nobles had controlled the papacy for selfish ends. After many efforts it was taken from their control, and soon the position of the popes was higher than it had ever been. Then the question arose as to what their position should be towards emperors. Just one hundred years after the death of Otto I, a man became pope who had very decided opinions on this subject. His name was Hildebrand. He was the son of a poor carpenter, and was born in Italy, but he was of German origin. His uncle was the head of a monastery of Rome, and it was there that the boy was brought up and educated. When he became a man, he too became a monk. Circumstances soon led him to France, and there for a while he was a member of the most famous monastery of Europe, the one at Cluny, in Burgundy. Not only the papacy, but the whole church had fallen into a bad condition at this time. Monks had ceased to obey the rules made for their government, and lived idly, and often wickedly. Priests and bishops, instead of giving their attention to the churches which were under their care, spent their time like the nobles of that day, in hunting, in pleasure, and in war. There were three evils which were especially complained of. First, priests, bishops, and even popes often got their offices by purchase, instead of being freely elected or appointed. This was called simony. Second, the greater part of the clergy had followed the example of the Eastern Church, and married, so breaking the rule of the 